Jaguars are getting ready to head to London for two games. You guys have been to most of them, if not all of them. Which ones are your most memorable moments in London? Who do you want to start? Me? I'll yeah, go with Buffalo. Uh, Jags scored two defensive touchdowns in the span of about 30 seconds of game time. And Alan Hearns made an amazing play on the pylon at the end to win the ball game. The win over Buffalo at Wembley was awesome. There's a few. I'll go with the Ravens 2017. They blew them out. Uh, Ravens weren't quite ready for the trip, it didn't seem like, but it's that year, Brian, was when I knew the Jaguars were good. Yeah. Welcome to Jags AM here on Wednesday, September 27th. We're presented by Jet Home Loans today here in the Hyundai studios and things are looking bright. We're heading to London soon. So I just wanted to check in with you guys. 10 games it's going to be they've played in London, which yeah. feels like it was like in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, they just started doing that, but clearly not. It was well, many, many years ago now. And I wrote this for a quick thought. Um, you know, people were nervous about what London meant for Jacksonville, but you know, a decade later now with negotiations started on a new stadium here. I mean, it's clear that London has been what John and Mark said it would be, which is an accoutrement to a small market. More than that, though, John, you look at what the league is doing. You know, they're playing multiple games in multiple countries every year. They're talking about expanding to Spain and Brazil. The Jaguars were a bit ahead of the curve now. Everybody wants to play games outside of the country and expand their marketing base. It's been good for the Jaguars. Yeah, and everybody sort of wants a sister city, if you will. I mean, sure. every team sort of wants, and I think they gave out uh, last off season, two off seasons ago, they sort of assigned some teams, some territories yeah, over there. there. Are 21 teams um, with, with marketing rights. So uh, Shad from early on, Mark Lamping, wanted London as sort of their auxiliary market, if you will. Uh, they were ahead of the curve, as you said. You know, they're marketing in Africa now, in Ghana. Uh, I believe someone's got Nigeria. They're in Switzerland. I mean, they are expanding rapidly their footprint. I just got done reading a book called The Club, which is about the Premier League. And it's interesting because the Premier League modeled the NFL stadiums, and now the NFL is modeling the Premier League's global reach. It's so cool to see football actually expanding. I know it's yeah. huge in America, but internationally it hasn't always been that way. So now to see it getting a little bit of a foothold, I remember that Mexico City game was really cool. Oh, yeah. And it's just nice to see it growing. And, so. and the Jaguars have a big staff in London and they do a lot of work on the on the ground in London. And so it's become a valuable part of the Jaguars as a franchise. Jaguars need that Trinidad uh, Tobago market. <laughs> oh, that would be the worst Bring trip. I would certainly. It wouldn't suck to have to go to Rio de Janeiro for a game. You know? I was going to say that's that's the new territory they need for sure. All right. Let's go over some of our big things this week because there are a few of them. The truth is the first one. We talked about this all on Monday. We rehashed it. Wasn't look, it didn't, they didn't play well against the Texans. They haven't looked good in a couple of weeks, and they needed to hear it. Luke Fortner said Doug Peterson was not shying away from it when he talked to them about it. Uh, Coach Peterson, uh, not a very good one. Uh, you know, he, he came in, and, and he was honest, and uh, told us, hey, we're not where we want to be, and we have a long way to go, um, and collectively, we're going to have to work, you know, every single day, every single week to get to that point. Brian, I didn't imagine Doug was going to mince words with them, but it's nice to hear that he actually went in there and kind of held court a little bit because he is a player's coach. He's a nice guy, but when you need to hear it, you got to hear it. Well, and, and I thought he started that the week before when he told the media, hey, we didn't practice very well last week. And then it became the narrative leading up to the game against the Texans and the players in the locker room had to answer questions about why didn't you practice well and are you going to practice well this week? So for him to go in on Monday is just consistency on his part and say, look, 
We didn't play well again. And I'm going to tell the media, we didn't play well again and why. So you all have to understand it and be able to answer the questions both to each other and to the guys who are going to come in here with microphones. Yeah, uh, Doug's a player's coach, but you've never gotten the feeling from players that he coddles them. He, he knows to tell them what they want to hear. Sometimes you need a foot in your rear end. Yeah. And hopefully that's exactly what they need this week. Now, the noise is our second big thing because there were high expectations for this team. We've been talking about it for months. Uh, Calvin Ridley, of course, the offense. We expected a lot out of everybody. Andre Sisko said the team is now doing their best, whether they bought into that or not, to put that out of mind. I think that's something that happens naturally. I mean, ESPN is on all day, 24-7. You, you'll see yourself on TV at random moments. I, for myself, I don't think it, does, it affects me too much. Everybody handles it differently, and I think anybody who I can't say I've been walking around the locker room and see a guy get big-headed over it or, or anything like that because it's part of the part of the game. I mean, if you've made it to the NFL, you've had a ton of spotlight already. So um, being able to handle those expectations, it is a little bit different being in the NFL. But we've had we've had a lot of guys that have had a ton of success in the league. John, I wasn't around the team feeling like they were necessarily overly cocky and thought they should be given these games. But obviously, human reaction, you listen to some of the hype. But I think all of that is gone now. Yeah, it, it should be. And I'm, I'm not big on the noise. I hear it, but I try to look at what's really going on. And the reality is they weren't very good on Sunday. I think they were okay except offense against the Chiefs. Uh, this isn't noise, but the reality is all of a sudden Sunday's really big because sure. you're one and two. You haven't played well. If you have another stinker, you, you've all of a sudden dug yourself a hole that takes a while to get out of. It's hard to win every week in this sure. league. You're one and three. Now, if you win three and lose one, you're still at five. You know, you're still mm -hmm. crawling out of that hole. Uh, week four is always big for those one and two teams because you feel out of it if you drop. Uh, so noise aside, I'm not gonna say this team's bad, but if they play bad Sunday, they're a bad team right now. Hey, look, the noise is 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 double sided, right? The noise is the expectations that obviously Andre talked about. The noise this week is, hey, they're not a good football team. They're not playing very well. The offensive line isn't very good or the defensive pass rush isn't very good. I mean, whatever that noise may be, they really have to lock out. I mean, if John and I and you can sit here and talk about what one and three might mean, they've figured it out. They just need to dial in and focus on the message from Doug and the work that they can do because the challenge of the Falcons is significant no matter what the outside noise says. You know, the matchup problems that they create, they've got to be solely focused on that. And Kai, another thing. You know, Gus Bradley didn't have the greatest record when he was the head coach here. That, that is no secret. But he did have a good, I thought, model of what he wanted players to do. And that was to come in here and focus on being the best player they could be. Not to worry about the guy next to them or the guy across from them, but just do what they do. Because if they were completely confident and comfortable in doing what they do, the anxiety would go away on Sunday. I would love to see that be the mindset for this football team is just focus on doing my job and doing my job to the best of my ability and not worrying about what the guy next to me or the guy across me is doing. And that might alleviate some of the, the anxiety. It leads us into our final big thing, which is going to be the work this week. Doug Peterson was very candid when he said he didn't feel the team practice very well in Chiefs week. Saw a bad outcome there, although it was mostly the offense that struggled. Then last week, everybody struggled, even though they seemingly had a good week of practice. So Doug Peterson talked earlier this week a little bit about what he wants to see from his team. A little bit of a hole we put ourselves in. I just want to see how these guys respond. I want to see the energy on Wednesday. I want to see... Uh, the attention to detail, the, the how do they attack the walkthrough, the meetings, you know, the practice that day. 
um, and just how do they respond, right? And um, obviously they're 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 frustrated today, disappointed today because they know. I mean, I painted a pretty vibrant picture for them this morning, and uh, um, we all know where we are, and but we all know where we can go and where we where we can or what we can become as a football team, and and um, you know they get excited for that part of it. John, good practice, bad practice for me. I think it's really going to come down to game time again and what they're yeah. actually going to put together. Yeah, and I think it's a tough it, – it's, it's one of the more fascinating weeks that I can remember around here. And uh, I'm really interested to watch this game. I'm interested to watch all of them, Brian, that's the job. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I agree with Kai. I don't know that it's as much about the work this week. I'm assuming they'll have a good practice. They're going to be motivated. Uh, they've got a foot in their butt. They haven't played well, and they want to prove – to me, the game is going to be interesting. If they're down 7 nothing in the second quarter, uh, how they react to that. After all the noise, after, hey, relax, play your game, all of a sudden you're down, it's hard to relax. So to me, it, 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 it is a really fascinating game. It's a big game. It's a dangerous game on that front uh, because the Falcons aren't bad. They can run. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm sort of at a loss for how to pre-analyze it because we pre-analyze it so much. It's about that moment, and we won't know that moment until Sunday. Well, and, and I'll stick with the psychology because I've been talking about it for two weeks. Uh, there are plenty of reasons for the Jaguars to not feel confident, but there's plenty of reasons for them to feel confident. They know, right? You've got Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. And you've got players on both sides of the line of scrimmage that you can line up with and win. So they've got to get over that. Here's why I'm not confident, and how do I get to confidence? And John, you said it right. It's about making a play. If Calvin catches that ball at the goal line, I think everybody who's watching, let alone everyone who's sitting on this set, would agree the game is different because then everyone calms down. They're looking for a calm-down moment. Hopefully that happens on the first drive, whether it's a sack strip fumble, right, or whether it's a touchdown pass. Get that calm-down moment, and everybody... Focus on doing your job. Nice, nice breath of fresh air is what we're all hoping for, I think. Jags AM is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back and we will talk about the AFC South and what's going on around the division. We're back here on Jags AM today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC South because we like to keep track of what everybody else is doing. And don't look now, but the Colts are leading the AFC South after a, uh, another performance from a familiar face. Gardner Minshew playing because Anthony Richardson was hurt, and they got a win over the Ravens last week. And are they good? Well, they've got some good players. Okay. Um, Gardner Minshew will get you six wins. Okay. I mean, yeah, well, and it'll be interesting if, if they play him, which they may be tempted to, uh, how sustainable it is. Yeah. It never felt sustainable here. Maybe it'll be different there. I think they've got an okay defense. Uh, I think fans sort of underrated that defense going into that open. I think we all did. Their front seven's very good. Uh, pretty good defensively. And I'll tell you, if you're the Jaguars, if there's going to be a team ahead of you early, you don't mind it being them. Sure. Because you beat them and you reel it back in very quickly. Uh, I'd rather have the Colts a game ahead than the Texans right now because 
the Texans have an advantage. You know, I don't think I underrated their front. I think I overrated the Jaguars' offensive line, to be sure. honest with you. And, and their front is good. Grover Stewart is a, an underrated player for sure. Look, if they're putting some points on the board, that defense is going to be a real beast. And we talked a little bit about what Jonathan Taylor's situation is the second yeah. time around. We, we play could see that. him here. That could be a very different game that second time around when we get back from London. So we'll keep an eye on that, of course. The Titans, they're, they've got troubles in Nashville as well because they fell big time to the Browns and they didn't score a touchdown either. So we just talked last week. We kind of saw a little bit of something out of quarterback play, but... Now Derrick Henry is still not the Derrick Henry we're used to seeing. Well, yeah, Derrick Henry has been a non-factor so far. Uh, the other side of the coin, though, is the up and down is Ryan Tannehill. He was terrible on opening day with three interceptions. Then last week rebounds and leads the league in, in yards per completion at 10.3. Well, then last week he, he, he reverts. No Derrick Henry, 4.2, right? He just, they are so inconsistent in their uh, passing. I, I mean, I say that we've seen wild inconsistency here. Uh, as well, but that's why I think they've got a problem. They committed to another season of Tannehill and Derrick Henry, and it doesn't appear like they're capable of carrying that thing through for another year. Yeah, the Browns might be pretty good. There's a red flag there for the Titans. They lost to the Browns big after the Browns had, had a primetime game the week before on a Monday night. That sometimes let down Browns, and it wasn't. That would concern you a little bit. Um, again, Rabel usually figures out a way to keep that team competitive. Even keeled. Unless... It's just time, which your theory is for that franchise. Yeah, it's it time. Yeah. Uh, I'd still rather have that team four or five games out than close at the end. I think there's a chance we could see Malik Willis, who had a really strong summer and a preseason that will, if he's practicing well and that thing is not going anywhere by the time they get to us in November, we could see Malik Willis. I mean, I hope that's true. I hope they're nowhere near us. Well, based on what we saw about. last year, however... Apparently, you know, the light's gone on for that kid, and he was playing well. Interesting. Okay. We'll have to check in on that. And, of course, the Texans, we saw that firsthand, what they were capable of. But C.J. Stroud just looked magnific magnificent. He's off to a historic start. Over 900 yards passing, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. No quarterback, rookie quarterback, has ever done that. He's only behind passing yards for rookie quarterback. Cam Newton and Justin Herbert. That's some pretty good company, and he seems like the real deal so far, Brian. Well, look, he, he was playing with the lead for the first time in his NFL career, and he was very impressive. He was calm. He made good decisions. Uh, the way that he picked up that Tank Dell streak route on the Blitz was, I mean, it, it won the game. So there's nothing you can say about this kid except that he has impressed. Losing, winning, you know, in front of the media, on the field, he's the real deal. Yeah, Jaguars helped him look good. I mean, I, I think everybody would say one of the bullet point disappointments was that you didn't sack Stroud and therefore you didn't force him into a pick. Yeah. Um, he will, I, I still believe at some point this year, he will struggle with turnovers because rookie quarterback students, somebody will hit him yeah. and that uh, clock in the head will go faster. Uh, the Jaguars defense was negligent on that front on Sunday. We did make him look very, very good. All right, coming up, we're going to go over this or that for this upcoming week's game against the Falcons. Stay with us. This or that. This or that. This or that is presented by Price.com, and we're going to do an either-or situation here as we head to London. We're going to go over some of what they're going through. Brian, what's your this or that for us? Well, I mean, so I, I have read, I've heard people say this is the perfect week for the Jaguars to get on the plane and to go to London 
So my question is this, you know, is this the perfect week for that? Or would it be better to get into the, to stay in the routine and keep doing what you do until you do it better? I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer to this one. I'm just curious what you think. Oh, I'd always, always better stay home. I mean, <laughs> so, and I think most NFL coaches would tell you it's a routine business. Driven league, yeah. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, you know, everything's the same every week. So, uh, I don't think, I'm not sure it's ever a great week in terms of, of uh, preparation, in terms of ease, but this team knows how to do this, so I don't think it's a negative either. For me, it's kind of, if it was one game, I'd probably say no, but because it's two, it's almost like you're going and kind of setting something up. It's its own little two-game set, if you will, uh, to use a baseball reference, but that's why I kind of like it, because you're going there, you're going to set up home base, be there for, you know, 12 days, I think we're going to be there. So. That makes it a little bit different for me. If it was just going in and back, that would probably be, probably wouldn't like that as much. But I think this fact we'll be there for two weeks will allow it to be a little bit different. Right. I'm not sure. Got to get some dubs. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, John, uh, got? I went with is is it a must-win game or a really really big game? And that sounds like the same thing, but I think there's a difference there. I don't think it's must-win because if you go to one and three, we saw last year two and six, you can pull out of these things in this league. Um, so technically it's not, but it just feels so big in terms of judging where this team is. I, I, I guess to me, if they play well and lose, then I don't think it's a must win game. Meaning you can play well in the NFL and lose on a weird play. Okay, well, they're not a mess. It's really, really important that it not look like a mess again, yeah. I think is the biggest thing that I would feel. You know. Because I don't think this team's a mess, but if you show it two weeks in a row, then you are. So I think it's that. That's what's intriguing to me. They didn't look good on Sunday. If you don't look good twice, then something's wrong. Well, and I'm going to lean into the must win because if Doug is struggling to get them to believe in themselves, right, to be confident when they cross the 50-yard line or get into a scoring situation, and, and it, it sounds like, it doesn't just sound like, it looks like he is, uh, I, I would hate to figure out what one and three would do to this team headed to Buffalo. Well, to Tottenham to play Buffalo. Because the Bills are all of a sudden putting it on people. 37-3, I mean, they just took the commanders to the woodshed last week. So I would say this is a must win for a team that needs to feel confident going up against one of the elite teams in the AFC in, in Buffalo. Because you've already got a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs and you don't want to fall behind in those standings. That leads into my this or that, which is a little bit of an either or. If you can only have one, do you want to beat the Falcons or do you want to beat the Bills? Because if you want to beat the Bills to have a statement win, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Or do you want them to kind of get it back on track? And then if they play a good game where we talked about they played the Chiefs, but they they lost, but they played well, it wasn't as disturbing. Brian, when you think about that, which one would you rather? Well, I, 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 think, I think I'd rather have the Falcons. I'd, I'd rather have this team get onto two and two and see it calm down so that they could play a game against the Bills where they're confident, where they feel better about themselves. So I'll go give me the Falcons. When, even though I know it's not a conference game and it doesn't you know, have as much bearing on tiebreakers and things like that, I'd like to see them, you know, what, what is the right phrase, get out of their own way this week. Yeah, if, if I'm sitting at the end of the season, you're going to say Bills. I'm saying Bills. Yeah. Because you can sort of see the, but I can't see, it's hard for me to see them beating the Bills if they don't beat the Falcons. Now but that's. What, what if it's one of those fluky last second things where they, the Falcons pull out a win and then they 
but no, they still I, played well. Yeah, I mean, and in this league, you sit there and say that, and then all of a sudden teams come out and, and they play lights out and they beat the Bills when you didn't beat the Falcons, and it's like, well, John, what, what, what are you talking about? But right now, I, I've got to say the Falcons because it feels so important, and maybe that's more of a perception thing. I think people observing could understand the loss to the Bills more than they could the Falcons. So in that, in that sense, maybe you take the Falcons. I don't know if there's a right answer. I just like to do a little fun would you rather for you. Oh, that was fun. God damn. I had so much fun. All right, stay with us. We'll be right back and we'll preview what we got going on the rest of the week. Talking about getting back on schedule, getting to routine. Wednesday here of London week is normal, par for the course, right? It's Thursday that they go through, I think, the first half of the day is normal. Then we're going to get on a plane and go to London overnight. Is that as hard as it sounds to kind of do the red eye and then practice? Or is that the best way to do it? It's, it's not. I mean, it's. I guess we're not practicing, so it's not hard yeah, for us. It, but. It's, it's as normal as you can make it. Uh, because the Friday practice, Brian, is such a light practice a anyway. Through. Even here, it's a different thing. So people figured out that the way to do it is just go hard, prep. I think the Falcons will leave in the same time the Jags. Right. If you're going over there, you either go early in the week, like a Monday, which most teams don't do anymore, or you do it this way. Because you can go hard, get your big preparation, get as close to a normal Friday. You're, you're dog tired. But then by Saturday, Sunday, your body clock's back. So, I mean, it's, it, it's harder than driving five minutes home. But it's not hard in the in the grand scheme of things compared to what it could be. They've got a pretty good routine. Uh, you know, the folks who handle the logistics and all of the details have done this enough that they understand what needs to be done. I'll say that I can remember landing one year and we went to the hotel and we had time before we had to get on a bus to go to practice. And I fell asleep and slept through the whole thing. So I think it depends on how well you manage yourself on that plane. I mean, do you force yourself to put the eye shades on and go to sleep so that you can wake up and have a chance when you land to be at your best for the practice field. You know, some guys will, some guys won't. And then hopefully Saturday's an easy day for them too, so. Take some naps on Saturday, maybe. Yeah. We'll see what we have to do. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna preview that Falcons matchup fully and get some more tips before we go to London out. I'm gonna have to get some packing tips from you guys. On how much oh, to pack. You're, gonna, John, you're taking John, more than we are, I'm I know sure. John's the fashion maven, so he'll help me out, but. I do take my wardrobe very seriously. Do you have a hair dryer with you, or you, or did you call ahead to see if they have one? If I had a hair dresser, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, tell. what my wife always asks is, the hotel have a hair dryer? Because she wonders whether she has to take hers. They almost always do. We're gonna find out. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning.